Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Rabbi Karnofsky, and I'm with the Denver Community Kolo. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about Purim, one of the deeper aspects of Purim that we're going to try and talk about. And we've titled it Haman and Mordechai, the fight for the 50th rung. So we're going to talk about the concept of what the 50th rung is, what the 50th level is, how the number 50 ties into Purim, a lot of deeper things to talk about. Let's try and uncover this layer by layer. Let us dive right in. So I'm going to start off the entrance, how we're going to get into this topic. Our sages teach us a strange and almost bizarre thing that we don't find anywhere, and it's the type of statement that we would not think we would ever find in Judaism. And the Talmud teaches us, and it's brought down in the Halacha and Jewish law and Shulchan Aruch, that on the day of Purim, Chayav Enish Levesumei Bepuria, a person is obligated to become an ebriated, drunk, unpurim, ad de lo yada, until he reaches a point where he does not know anymore the difference between ben ar haman le barach mordechai. Until he does not know anymore the difference between cursed is haman and blessed is mordechai. Mordechai and haman, one of the two key players in the Purim story, Mordechai was the tzaddik, haman was a wicked person who was trying to eradicate the Jewish people together with Achashverosh. And thank God we were saved through Queen Esther. And without getting into the whole story, one thing is clear. That Haman is cursed and Mordechai is blessed. But we're told that on the day of Purim, we need to get so drunk that we don't know anymore the difference between Haman and Mordechai. Almost like they look the same. Until we don't know anymore the difference between cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordechai. So there's two questions over here. Number one is, first of all, where does drunkenness come into Judaism? Since when is this a good thing? To lose our das, the faculty of our knowledge, of our intellect, that's the thing we hold on to the most. We value it, we treasure it. Why would we want to be, why are we obligated to lose it? To get to a point where we don't know things anymore would seem to be a very, very not Jewish trait. So what's going on with that? And to say that where we want to get to is the point where we can't differentiate anymore between Haman and Mordechai, between bless, who's blessed and who's cursed, why would we ever want to get to such a place? Even if you could somehow explain to me why we're supposed to get drunk. Is this what we're choosing to show? It seems hard and perplexing, bizarre. How are we to understand this? So let's get into this topic. Let's try and uncover this with the help of our sages, what they've taught us. And the entry where we're going to get into this topic from here is going to be from an exchange that took place between Haman and his wife Zeresh. Haman has the entire country at his feet. Everybody is bowing down to him. You think he's a god. He made himself into an Avodah An idol. He felt he was a god. And they're all bowing down to him wherever he went. And there's one Jew called Mordechai, that refuses to bow down to him. And this enrages Haman to no end. He's going crazy. Doesn't know what to do with himself. And he comes home. And he starts telling Zeresh, his wife, and his kids. The whole story is history of how the king Ahasuerus had raised him up. How he's over all the officers. How he's the highest person in command over there. And he tells them that he got invited to a private banquet. Just him and Queen Esther with the king. And tomorrow I'm invited again. And then he says, all this is not worth it for me. Because I see Mordechai the Jew who is sitting in the entranceway of the palace and he will not bow down to me. 
every time I see him, everything I've gotten, nothing is worth it. So long as Mordechai won't submit. What should I do? This is his question that he poses to his wife Zeresh. Says Zeresh, here is the idea. You should make, find yourself a tree which is 50 amas high. Build yourself a gallows. Hang Mordechai from this gallows which is 50 amas high. And that will be it. Mordechai will be dead. Haman is happy and he made the tree. He'd be part of the gallows. So the morale poses a question like this. He says, what was Haman's complicated question and what was Zeresh's wisdom with her answer? Haman has a problem that Mordechai is bothering him. So Haman couldn't think of it himself to kill him. If it's bothering him, Mordechai's existence is bothering him, so kill him. If that's his problem, take care of him. He, he knows how to kill people. And apparently that wasn't a good solution. So if his question was, how do I deal with him without killing him? Then Zeresh comes with his great wisdom and she says, make yourself a tree 50 amas high and hang him from there. And now Haman is happy. What did she introduce? What, first of all, what is she busy with the number 50? She's like, oh, this is going to solve the problem. 50 amas high, this is going to solve it. And what was his great solution to kill him? Haman knew he could kill him. Apparently he didn't want to do that. So what was the solution? This is the question. It's perplexing. What's this back and forth between Haman and his wife Zeresh? So the morale says over here, very, very deep things, very esoteric. We're going to try and understand it at level one, at level two. We're not going to get to the real depth of the morale. He goes and he talks about things which he says he's not even allowed to talk about. And he just alludes to things. But let's try and understand it to, the, to our level. Let's try and bring this down and see what we could learn from this back and forth between Haman and his wife Zeresh. So the morale says, that first of all, Haman did not want to kill Mordechai. Because it's not going to look good for him. If you have one person that's not bowing down to him and he kills that person, it's going to look almost embarrassing. The fact that he needed to kill him shows that he cared about him. And that's the last thing he wanted to show the people in the nation that he cared about this person, Mordechai. So just to make him a target and kill only Mordechai out of all the Jews, that's not going to do the trick. Because that's going to be almost more embarrassing, the fact that he needed to kill him should really be that he doesn't care about him. So that wasn't a good solution. Zeresh says, I'll tell you what you should do. Make yourself a tree 50 amas high. 50 amas high refers to level 50. Level 50 is a place, and we're going to say the words without much explanation. Level 50, the 50th rung of the ladder, is a place that you Haman she tells him, you exist at that level. You are so great. You seem to be so godly that you exist at level 50. And if you could hang Mordechai at level 50, that's not an embarrassing thing. Because Mordechai is trying to be at level 50 and you're trying to be at level 50. And if you could hang him from 50 amas high, what you're showing to the world is that you haven't just randomly killed a Jew. But you've killed a Jew at level 50, which shows that you have the ownership over the 50th rung of the ladder. This is the words of the Mara. Hang him, and this is the wisdom of Zeresh. Hang him from level 50. That will show that you, Haman, you own the 50th rung of the ladder, not Mordechai. And that's not embarrassing, because somebody who can knock somebody down from such a high place from level 50, that's something you should be very proud of. And Haman heard it, and he was happy. And he wanted to go along with the plan. 
And we all know the end of the story there. The end of the day, everything was turned around. And Haman himself ended up being hung from level 50, from 50 Amasai. Let's try and understand what the morale is teaching us over here. What is this level 50 all about? What does this mean? So he explains, and I'm going to quote from other places, from many other sources. The number seven is the number of this world. There are seven days to the week. Many other number sevens that we have. Seven always is the number of ulamas of this world. Now the complete number seven is always going to be when you times it by itself. Seven as a perfect number seven is always going to be that each one of the seven has seven elements to it also. Which gets us to the number 49. The complete number seven is going to be seven times itself. Times seven. Seven times seven is 49. Now our sages teach us that there are chamishim sha'aribina. There are 50 levels of wisdom. Our sages also teach us that there are memtes panim tame memtes panim tahar. That means that there are 49 rungs of purity and there are 49 rungs of impurity. What this means is that we're climbing up the ladder of spirituality, of holiness, of loftiness. One, two, three, four. There are 50 levels. 49 of those levels is always the option of the person getting it in its pure form and getting the level in its impure form. The person could understand everything in one way and then he could flip it around. And the Yitzhahara could say, maybe it's just the opposite. You think it's pure, maybe it's impure. You think it's Tame, maybe it's Tahar. You think it's Tahar, maybe it's Tame. 49 rungs, there's always going to be Bechira. There's always going to be free will to say that maybe there's another option, which is the opposite. And that is the 49 levels. Because the seven, the seven days of the week, seven times seven, 49 is this world, and in this world things are always going to be murky. They're always going to be unclear. You can always see, see things, maybe they're the other way. Maybe things are just the opposite. The 50th level, there's only one survivor over there. There's only holiness over there. There are no two ways about it. When one touches the 50th rung, there's only one winner. You can't say at that point, maybe yes, maybe not. It is what it is. At that point, only the truth is going to win. Whatever is true is going to live at the 50th rung. To explain this a little bit deeper. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we believe, He's the creator of the world, but not just is he the creator of the world. He's the only one which we're going to say about that he's mechoyev hametzias, mochra hametzias. He has to be. The Rambam writes, it's not enough for us to believe in God, that he's the creator, he always was, he is, he will be. We have to believe that if Hashem, God forbid, doesn't exist, then nothing else exists. There's only one entity in the world that needs to be here, and that is God. We don't need to be here. It happens to be that Hashem with His kindness created us. But we don't have to be. We are not Mechayev HaMetzias. The world would survive without us. Now that Hashem created us, we have a purpose and we need to fulfill our purpose. But we can't view ourselves as things that have to be here. Only Hashem is the only existence that needs to be. Nothing else needs to be. When somebody says about themselves that they're an Avodah the depth of what they're saying is, is that I need to be here. The world cannot survive without me. I'm a godly existence. What that means is, what the person, God forbid, is saying, is that I myself need to be here. There cannot be a world without myself being here. Of course we believe 
that there's only Hashem. Hashem Echad, there's only one existence which needs to be here. Nothing else has to be here. When we reach the 50th rung of the ladder, we understand with absolute clarity that there's only one thing that exists and there's only one thing that needs to exist, and that is Hashem. Nothing else has to be. When one hits that clarity, there's no two ways about it. If the person still isn't sure, he's not at the 50th level. He's maybe 49, he may be 48, he may be at 1. So long as there's doubt in the person's mind about this concept, so long as it could be this way and he could be swayed the other way, he's not at the 50th rung. The 50th rung is always when it's absolute. There's no two ways about it. I'm touching life itself. I'm touching the clarity of what life is all about. When I hit that point, there's only one thing that's going to be there. Whatever is the truth. Whatever is mukhrach. Whatever has to be. When the Maral tells us that Haman viewed himself as somebody who lived at level 50, what that means is that he viewed himself, God forbid, as an avodazar. He viewed himself that he had to be here. He was godly to the point that he felt that he was the one who was alive at level 50. If you would get up to the 50th level, you would find Haman. God forbid, that's how he looked at himself. He has to be here. He's not just a regular person that happens to exist. He's an entity that the world cannot survive without him. That's what he means that he viewed himself as an avodazar. And he believed that Mordechai didn't have to be here. And he believed that the Jewish people didn't have to be here. And he believed that if he could hang Mordechai from the 50th Amoth high, what he's saying is, is that Haman is the entity that has to be. When you reach that point where there's no two ways to go, and there's only one survivor, there's only one truth, there's only one mukhrach, there's one thing that has to be there, Haman's going to win. And that would be the biggest thing in the world. And he was so happy from this advice from from Zeresh's wife. He was so excited about it. But we know that it didn't work out. And the reason why it didn't work out, says the Maram, is because nobody could reach level 50 in this world. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, our sages teach us, in his lifetime, he hit level 49, but he did not get to level 50 in his lifetime. Our sages reveal that with his death, he reached the 50th level. But in this world, he only reached 49. But he was a little bit less than 50. He got to 49. And the understanding is that the purpose of us in this world is always 49. We live in a world of seven days. We live in a world where there always has to be confusion. And we need to choose the other way. If we get to the point where things are so clear that things are absolutely the way they are and there's only one option, there's no purpose for us to be in this world and at that point we've left this world. As soon as somebody lives at level 50, he leaves this world. Level 50 is a place beyond this world. It's a place where things are so clear that it can't be in this world because this world inherently is a place of confusion. It's a place of memtas panim tame, a place of memtas panim tar. You could always flip things around. Things could always go the other way. Haman tried to put himself at level 50. And when a person tries to put himself at level 50 when he's not there, he leaves this world. And Haman died because he tried to hit level 50. Because he tried to touch a place which was beyond this world. And because he had no connection to it, because it was so false, he was so disconnected from true reality. When you try and play with level 50 and think that you're there, level 50 is going to knock you out of this world. It was precisely because he tried to be there. That's how he died. He ended up being hung from that level because he tried to touch a place of absolute 
necessity of absolute clarity and he had zero connection to that because he had no connection to God and only people connected to God connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, could survive at such a place even Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't survive in this world Haman tried to touch it and level 50 itself came out with clarity and knocked him out of the world this is the fight between Mordechai and Haman who's going to survive over there Haman said I'm going to hang you and Mordechai said, Hashem is going to hang you from that very same place. Because you want to touch a place where you feel like you have to be here. Where the clarity, where you're the only survivor. You're going to see that if you try and touch that place, you're going to be out of this world before you know it. Because you truly don't exist in such a place. You don't have to be here. And this is something we need to think about. That deep down within ourselves, we have a little thought sometimes that we think that we need to be here. Yes, we know that we don't really, but yeah, on the, other, on the other hand, we do need to be here. The world without me, what would it look like? We have to realize that's Haman thinking. That God forbid we are Mechliva Metzias. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to be. And we have to hit a point of absolute clarity, which comes from the 50th rung, that there's only one existence that needs to be. And that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Our sages write a fascinating thing. Haman was looking for a beam for a piece of wood that is going to be 50 amas high and he couldn't find it anywhere. He was looking for this piece of wood and he finally found the remnant of the Teva of Noah. Noah's ark, the dimensions of one of the sides were 50 amas and he found one plank of wood left behind from Noah's ark. He took that and that was the tree that he used for the gallows that he wanted to hang Mordechai from. Obviously, our sages are alluding to something deep over here. This wasn't just random that he was looking for a piece of wood and he happened to bump into the ark, a remnant of the plank of Noah's ark. What are our sages alluding to over here? It says the Maral, something incredible. During the Mabel, during the flood, Hashem destroyed the world. He destroyed a world of seven. Seven is 49, as we explained. And this world ceased to exist almost. The only thing that could survive was Noah's ark. And the way it survived is because it had the level of the 50th rung. It had a plank and it had dimensions of 50. Because 50 is out of this world as we explained. And Hashem lifted Noah out of this world in order to be able to survive the flood. The reason why the Teva survived it, it was an entity which came from a place of 50. And when you add a place of 50, you're out of this world. Because this world is a world of 7 and 49. And the reason why Noah survived because he was in a place which was beyond the constraints of this world. When Haman is looking for something that's going to knock somebody out of this world, he found a plank of wood from Noah's ark. And he took that plank, which is from beyond this world, and he felt that he existed in this place beyond. And he's going to knock out Mordechai that doesn't reach there. And he ended up being knocked out by this very piece of wood. Because you try and touch a place which is beyond, and you're not there. You have no connection to it. You don't believe in God. We're not connected to eternity. Somebody like Haman, he tried to touch this plank of wood. He tried to touch 50. And 50 itself ended up Haman and all his children knocking them and eradicating them out of existence. Having said this, let's try and get back to the concept of what our sages teach us that a person is obligated to become inebriated on perm until he doesn't know the difference anymore between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. Says this Fasemis, in the name of his grandfather, the Chedusha Arim, 
cryptic words. He says a person has to get to the point where he doesn't know anymore the difference. What that means is he has to rise above the eight Hadas and reach the eight Hachaim. He has to rise above the tree of knowledge and reach the tree of life. Let's try and explain what he's saying based along the lines of what the Maharals revealed to us. There were two trees in the Garden of Eden in Gan Eden, the beginning of the creation of the world where Adam was. One of them was called the Eight Hadas Tovara, the tree of knowledge of good and bad. The other one was called the Eight Hachaim, the tree of life. Now our sages ask a question. We're showing him over that question that after Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, he now knew the difference between Tovara, between good and bad. And it seems to be that this, the sin of eating from this tree, God told him, Hashem told him, you're not allowed to eat from that tree. And it seems to be that by eating from it, he gained. He now knows the difference between Tov and Ra. He now knows the difference between good and bad. And it almost seems as if he gained by going against God's will, God forbid. So Rabbeinu Bachai quotes the Rambam, and it's a pretty fundamental Rambam, where he explains that Tov and Ra, good and bad, is not really the ultimate understanding of what goes on in the world. If somebody knows with clarity what's good and what's bad, he hasn't really gotten to the top. He hasn't really gotten to the point where he really should get to. And he explains that before the sin of Adam, there was no concept in the world of good and bad. It was all about truth and falsehood. It was about emes and shakar. What that means is, good and bad can only exist if I say that both these things exist. They're both entities. One of them is good and one of them is bad. One's a good entity, one's a bad entity. But what I'm saying inherently is that they're both here. A true understanding of the world is that something which is bad, something which is evil, something which goes against Hashem's will simply does not exist. It's false. It's wrong. It's not true. It's not here. Only Hashem is here. Only Hashem's existence and whatever goes and aligns with His will is what is here. Anything which goes against Him, God forbid, isn't here. It's false. Before the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam didn't know a thing about good and evil. He knew what existed and what didn't exist. Anything evil simply didn't exist. After he eats from the tree of the eight sadas, suddenly there's a whole new dimension. And in a certain sense, it becomes a world of falsehood. Where things look good and things look bad. There are good options, there are bad options, but they're both here. This is a huge downgrade. It's a downgrade in understanding. There's things that are really false, things that really don't exist. They look like they exist, except that they're bad. That's the level of the eight Sadas Tovara. The tree of knowledge of good and bad, but you know them, you know the difference, but at the end of the day, there's a mistake over here. There's a mistaken premise that they both hear, that they both exist, that they're both true, except that one's good and one's not. There was another tree in this garden, which was called the eight Tachayim, the tree of life. The tree of life was this concept of truth and falsehood. Life is existence itself. Anything which is alive is here. Anything which isn't alive is not here. It doesn't exist. The level of the Eitzachayim, the level of the person connected to the tree of life, is a level where he understands things with absolute clarity that this is connection to Chaim. This is my connection, my lifeline. And if I don't have it, I'm dead. I have nothing. It's not that I'm bad. I just don't have life. I'm dead. Suicidal to go and leave go of this tree. So long as a person has his knowledge, has his intellect, and he's living in this world, he's going to be living in a world of Tobarah. And this is what it means that we live 
in the point of eight Hadas Tovara. We live in a world today with our knowledge. And yes, our intellect is the most important thing that we have. But at the end of the day, what we're using our intellect for is to decide what's good and what's bad. This is the this is the facts after the sin of Adam. This is what we could comprehend. We use our das to tell us that this is tov and this is ra. On Purim, which is all about the fight over level fifty, we want to hit the fiftieth rung. And at the fiftieth rung, it's not eight tadas. It's not knowledge anymore. It's not about good and bad. It's about life itself. It's about what exists, what has to exist, what is real, what is false. It's about the eight tachaim. It's about life. It's about what is real and what is false. What is true? What's eternal? It's not about knowledge. It's not a day of knowledge. Knowledge exists in 49. It exists in 7. It exists in a place where we could always flip it with our knowledge and say maybe the other way. Our intellect will always tell us maybe it's just the opposite. Purim is a day where we switch off. And yes, it sounds strange that our sages tell us to get drunk. But they're not telling us to get drunk in a negative way. They're telling us to lose our intellect because we want to touch a place that we could touch maybe only one or two or three times a year. We could touch on this day of Purim, this lofty day of Purim, we could touch level 50. We could touch a point where we don't have any intellect because we don't need intellect. person doesn't need a drop of knowledge to know what is life and what is death. What is truth and what is falsehood? Of course we know that Haman is cursed and Mordechai is blessed. But in the depth of it, it's not about who's cursed and who's blessed. It's about who's alive and who is dead. Who is real and who is false. Who is connected to Eitzachayim and who is not. It's not about knowledge. It's not about curses. It's not about blessings. It's about existence itself. It's about touching things with a point of clarity that I can switch off my knowledge and I'm beyond knowledge. I'm beyond my das. I'm touching the Eitzachayim. I'm connected to life. And when I'm connected to the source of life, there are no questions. There's only one survivor over there. There's only what is real, what is emes, what really truly exists. This is the day of Purim. It's a fight over the 50th rung, but we know that there's no fight. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mechoyva Metzias. He's the one that created us. And so long as we're connected to Him, we are connected to reality. We leave go, we're disconnected from reality. This is the day. This is the loftiness of the day. We could touch a little bit. We could taste clarity. This is what we want to get from our Purim. We want to get to a point, whether we become drunk or whether we don't. But we want to try and get to upgrade out of Eight Sadas Tovarah. We don't want to understand this world simply as good things and bad things and better things and poor choices and finer choices. We want to grasp existence itself. We want to get to a point where we could scream and say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Achad. There's nothing besides you. There's Enod Mavadai. There's only one truth to the world and that is you Hashem. That's where we want to get to on Purim. We can't live there the entire year because if we live there the entire year, there's no point of us being in here. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't get there. But we're given a few days a year. Shavuos is all about level 50. Yom Kippur is about level 50. And Purim is a day where we could touch this point of clarity. We should get to a level where things are so clear that it's not any more good and bad. It's just real. This is it. This is the life. I don't know why because my intellect has totally been shut off. But it doesn't matter. I don't need to know why. It's not about reasoning. It's about life. And it's about existence itself.